You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. It is um, Saturday, February the 4th. February already? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> January seems to go really quick. Man, you sound old. <laughs> uh, just to warn everyone, I have a cold. So oh, man, About, about this there. time every year on the podcast, uh, you sound like this. Do I? Yeah, just once a year. I you think you only get it twice. once a year, pretty much. Once or twice. So, if you hear clacking around, I apologize. That's a cough drop in my mouth. If you hear the sniffling, I apologize. If I have to sneeze or cough, I will signal to the master um, of the board over there. Engineer. And we will cut those out. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut the... Uh, that was the before the after the show discussion. What should I do to let you know I'm about to sneeze or cough? If you hear any uh, stilted conversation during this, <laughs> yeah. it's just due to the editing where I removed a sneeze. <laughs> um, anyway, before the after the show discussion, are we actually discussing this film and The Sims? You were playing The Sims. Um, we were discussing genetics... The Sims as a Do fe- not ask the question you The asked. Sims as a feature where you can create a child from the DNA of the adult characters that you've created. So say you create yourself and your wife, you can spawn a child that comes from the DNA of All them. the settings that you've picked for them. So maybe. the child will have a resemblance, like in real life, to you in some way. And I haven't made one for us, but I've just made one for my friend. It, it does resemble. And her. your friend has a child. Does that child look anywhere near <laughs> the ki- the child? The sim that... would have to look exactly like my friend, which is impossible. No, I'm saying your friend's children when they were that age of the sim. Did they look anything like that child? What? But my sim doesn't look precisely like my friend. It's pretty close, right? You can no. get them fairly close. Can't get them that close. Ah. Uh... You're putting an awful lot of stock in this sim genetics thing. <laughs> Maybe that's what the next one has to have. You can really make you put a can drop import of blood, a photograph. Put a drop of blood on a little thumb drive thingy, stick it in your computer, and then it will do your DNA, and then it'll make all your traits. <laughs> well, I'm thinking more simple. You know what? That'll happen someday. Importing a photograph so you can really get very close to how you are. That would be a good feature, because they've done that in modern games and stuff. Yeah. Um, it is possible. That would be a good feature in that game. Because then you could really literally import your family in and have a... Yeah, so... Yeah, The Sims 4, I believe, is what you're playing. Correct. So it is Saturday, February the 4th. It's after the show number 465. After the show is a podcast. We've been doing this 465 times. We review one movie each week on Blu-ray. And this week's movie is The Ninth Life of Lewis Drax. It's a 2016 movie. You'll be able to pick this one up on Tuesday, February the 7th, from our friends at Lionsgate. It's rated R for nudity and a bit of nudity and some violence, I guess. Is there nudity? I don't remember any nudity, but somebody on that review I was just reading said, oh yeah, it does have some nudity. I don't remember any nudity. I don't either. No. Oh, from behind. Yeah, nothing. No. No. You've... It's implied nudity. Yeah. I mean, yes. So, um, yeah, it's rated R. And um, Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of The Ninth Life of Lewis Drax. A boy is... This boy is slightly... Let's see. What's the synopsis? One sentence. 
A boy who's had many close encounters with death is now in his ninth life. And we get to find out how that, because it's a mystery how he ends up in the state. He's in a coma. He ends up in the state. And we need to unravel the mystery of how that happened. The tagline for the movie (laughs) is, unlock the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, which is pretty much... I'm at limited capacity because my head's really clogged up. So, all right. So let's say uh, the beginning here. This movie is really hard to discuss without spoilers. We have so to. So we will have some spoilers. Yeah. Like the girl on the train the other day. It's one of those type of movies that has a thing that you need to Definitely. discuss. So go away and see this movie because we really will ruin it for you. Because once you know, you know. It's one of those movies. So go away. Come back. Listen to our review. So, Ninth Life of Lewis Drax. I knew nothing about this film, had not seen the trailer, did not know what it was about. Actually, we were just discussing this before the podcast. The Blu-ray cover makes it look like some Little House on the Prairie movie or something. It does. It's a little bit movie of the week. Yeah. I, Lifetime. I actually thought there was some Western element. Or if because... you made it look like a painterly, it would look like the cover of a novel. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look like anything I would be interested in in the slightest, actually, that cover. Like a romance, like a Mills and Boom book or something. Anyway, it's not that at all. It's um, something completely different. Um, I really liked this movie. It's got its faults, I have to say. But, as an overall story, and I didn't see a twist. There's, there's a twist in this movie that comes. It is a really twist. But it's a mystery. Unlock the mystery. Yeah. Unlock the... Mystery. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery. Were you looking to hope that it said more? But yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. The mystery part of this movie, I didn't guess, unlike the girl on the train that I did guess. So, when it came, and it has some parallels to my life, actually, so it kind of hit me a little bit. Um, You know, a, you know what I'm talking about. A, a cruel step. Yes. <laughs> okay, spoilers thing. from here yeah. on out. But it had some... And uh, that was when that hit. I was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Because here's what we've got going on. This little boy, through his life, we get little glimpses of him having terrible accidents. He's electrocuted himself. He's got some food poisoning. Uh, light falls on him and he has to go to the hospital when with he's his in baby. His crib. Yeah. Yeah. And so the whole story is this is a very um, accident-prone child. And his mother is now convinced he's an angel. And so part of the filmmaking is that everything that's white is like in this super white, glowy white. So you're supposed to, I think, keep that in your mind. Like, oh, is this child... Stylistically. The angel is the mother, an angel is the doctor, an angel. Are we actually in heaven or something? Yeah, well, I don't think that, but I just think, is this a, you know, is that something you're supposed to be keep reminding you of? And so I will tell you, we'll just go ahead and do the spoiler. Do you think? Well, I actually, you know, when you... Interestingly, because in my first bathroom break, I went upstairs. I went to a website on my tablet, closed it. Well, not discussing the. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm going to say at that point, after about half an hour, I was like, wait. Before that, I was like, oh, I know what this is exactly. So I thought later when we're done, I'll show it to you, and you're like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, well, the style of this movie, the actual filmmaking, as you were just saying, um, all the whites in the movie are blown out, really, really blown out. So it gives it this ethereal feel. And I yeah. kept thinking, it's it's almost the ethereal feel to the movie, I think, is a red herring to make you think something that's not. Not that they're in heaven, 
that boy, Lewis Strax, is in a coma mm. because of his the last accident that occurred. And when he's in this coma and you're in the hospital, there's all this... It looks dreamy looking. So I kept thinking, okay, at some point we're going to be privy to this is all inside the coma. All the stuff that's happening is inside the coma. Mm. Like, like everything. Like no, there's no real... There's nothing real going on here. That's what I thought was like a thing to throw you off. Uh, and stylistically, it does do that. It often looks kind of soft around the edges and like you're in a bit of a daisy kind of coma state almost. Like Definitely. it's got this weirdness to it. So I thought there was a twist in that kind of respect. It isn't in that kind of respect. So it worked in my... It was it was drawing me off the scent enough to make what actually is the twist is a very real thing that I wasn't expecting. So... Uh, at no point did you suspect it? No. No, not at all. Actually... The, Were you there familiar is, with it? Yes, I know what it is. There's a line in this movie and it really resonates with me. And I fell for it. As a man. <laughs> so the line in the movie is um, that pretty girls are attractive women. They're attractive women, so they're good, right? He says, men are under the mistaken impression that because she was pretty, she was good. And she wasn't good. She right. She was very bad. So that, actually, I... she <laughs> Because they over... Well, we're getting into spoiler territory now, but... They over. She's over pretty and over perfect, isn't she? Like um, to another, draw you off the scent. And like. she's also everything. She's like when she says, "Well, the picnic was perfect." Yeah, she's wearing nineteen fifties or something. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and she's you know attractive, and she doesn't seem like she would harm anybody. She's very frail, kind of like an inside. Are we approaching self. spoiler territory? Yeah. So, I fell for that because I didn't expect anything. Of it. Now, the whole crux of this movie is um, Louis has gone into this coma. His father has gone missing. Now, there was some kind of incident at, on this on this seaside cliff. And his father went missing after Louis fell off the cliff. So, the police and everybody think that the father did something and buggered off, right? So, his father's been suspected. So, there's the other thing that might yeah. throw you off in the whole thing. So, um, you can say what it comes down to in terms of the, the spoiler. <laughs> you want me to say it? Yeah. Let me tell you how I came to the conclusion very quickly. You see, like, a montage of all the little accidents. And they're very, very soon in the movie, the father and the son have a little discussion. And the boy says something to the effect of, Mommy's had a lot of problems with men. Yeah. And that... Like with anything, you can have too much of a good thing. That's why Dad and I went away for the weekend. That instantly told me, this is a woman who's got some kind of mental illness. And it is, here's the reveal, Munchausen by proxy. And that she's been injuring this child his whole life. And that this father, who isn't his father, but stepped in at some point because this woman, another big re reveal type of thing where he told that story about the bats, it was really good. But that the, a man, there were three bats, a man and two women bats. There was a, the one of the women bats was a laughing bat and the other one was a crying bat. And that the man fell in love with the laughing bat 
but he ended up marrying the crying bat because he felt sorry for her. And that tells you everything. It's he the relationship, falls, yeah. He gets divorced from his wife, who was the who we nice meet. woman, yeah. <laughs> falls for the sorry, sad, oh, poor me woman who tells him a bunch of lies. And then through the course of their marriage, I'm sure he realizes what she's doing. He can't do anything about it. The shit goes down. And so that's what it is, is she's just mentally ill. Yeah. And and she it's... also convinces another man in the movie the exact same way. You see it happening, like, you just, it's like a train wreck. You just want to stop. I said, she's bad news, man. She's bad news. Like, don't go for it. What surprised me about this movie? But it's done well, I think. It's not done in a way that's, like, it's um... overly, you know, I don't know, like, anti-her. It's more in a way of, she actually is mentally ill. I don't like her in any way. I have no sympathy for her. However, I get it. There's something wrong with her. So it's not like she's this overt. She's not like one of those women from like, you know, the hand that rocks the cradle or babysitter, you know, That's where what she's I'm like saying. hiding she's, in the shadows no, going like, yeah, you know. She seems She's broken, and, yeah. yeah. Um, what's good about this movie and what I didn't um, think I would get from it is it's quite funny. And, you know, it's a very um, dark subject matter. But the ch- the kid, um, Louis Drax, he is a because of what's been happening to him. He's kind of got his own personality. Yeah. What does he ask? He goes to a psychiatrist, and there's the scenes with the psychiatrist are brilliant. I thought he asked the psych. He's very forward as a kid, and he asked the psychiatrist, "What like am I? The, what do you say? Am I a typical trouble? Um, am I a wacko boy? Yeah." He asked this, he basically asked like questions that the psychiatrist kind of reels out like, oh my god, what's this kid? What, what's happened to this kid? Like, you know, I don't, can't really get into him properly. But, um, it's actually really funny. Actually, if you watch the opening sequence, which shows you him having these accidents, electrocuting himself, the thing falling on him, um, what else? He even remembers this, her having the cesarean. And, well, he doesn't remember it. She's he, probably told him the story right. so many times that he feels bad that yeah. she had to go through all that pain. That's what you get from all of his little comments. And uh, it, it shows you all these accidents he's had throughout his life. Vomiting because he got food poisoning. And it's told, it's done in like a kind of whimsical, funny way. It's not kind of tragic and... Correct. It's kind of funny, like it's it's done in this kind of cartoonish kind of way. It's funny until like a children's book. Until the yeah yeah, yeah. you do get a little of that. Um, what's the name of that one movie you like so much? Where the wild things are. Yeah, that they, kind it, of. Yeah. yeah, it feels like a kid inside themselves telling a story, but making it more fun than the reality of it. Like, so it's actually really funny. Uh, most of the scenes, none of the scenes with any of the adults are funny, really. It's only the scenes between the kid and anybody else. Like, they bump into... The the kid and his dad have gone to SeaWorld for the weekend, and they bump into the dad's ex-wife. And she's got some Chinese children, like, because she's adopted some children. And the kid just... Because he's very out there, like, he just says stuff, and he says, why have you got Chinese children? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and he just... And then his dad says, when we go home, don't tell mom that we bumped into it. And the first thing he does is yells it out. Like, so, he, he, you know, there's a lot of funny moments like that. But it isn't a funny film. It's actually really tragic. Very and tragic. Really, very, like, I felt at the end, like, not just for oh, the kid, I did. for the husband. Absolutely. And, All like, of the it. The whole thing was really like. And then you think this. that's a real thing? 
So real people have lived the real thing? Yeah, it's not like a far-fetched thing. Like, you know, the kids the kids been electrocuted and things like that. It's things that you would live through, but he he thinks it's his fault. Like, you know, as a kid, like you've just been so, oh, you're just accident prone. That's why you've that's why you keep almost dying. But actually you've been abused. So Absolutely. It does have a really you know tragic, sad sight. You were crying at the end, so it was sad. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so No, that was just my stuffy nose. No. <laughs> so um I liked it. I really liked it as a movie. It it reminded me of a few other movies, uh, just in its style. I think it has a really nice style. It did remind me of where the wild things are. It also reminded me of Amelie, in a way. Like, it's whimsical, kind of childlike look at things in certain parts. And uh, there was another one with kids, from a kid's point of view. Oh, the other movie is a movie that I'm going to recommend this week, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. The, that guy was in a coma. The way yeah. the way his memories were were like this movie. Um, but yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a good story. If you don't see it coming like I do, I imagine it's more it's better. I don't know. Is it if you figured it out? I didn't through? mind on this one. I didn't mind. I, it it made sense. And then what that did was tune me into the little subtle things that you you have to think back on. You know what I mean? To go, oh, oh, yeah, she was really reeling him in and stuff. So I didn't mind at all because it's good. Yeah. That's the thing about a good movie to me. I'm not distracted by the things if I've predicted a thing and it turns out to be true. It's not a flaw to me because everything that's good is bigger than that. I also think it's a really well-paced movie. Um, it never gets boring. It's The story's told really well and it never... And there's even some really long shots. They're very still, like for seconds and seconds, but it makes sense. Yeah. I don't think it ever goes up its own ass like some pretentious movies do. I think it sticks to its trail of telling you... (coughs) I think it sticks to its trail of telling you uh, a story. And it's a fairly simple story, but the twist makes it interesting. Definitely. Uh, moving on to the cast here, uh, I put the cast down in some weird order. <laughs> so we'll go for Molly Parker first as Dalton. You'll know Molly Parker from Deadwood. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, I know that actress. Where's she from? She's from Deadwood. She was the posh lady with the child. You'll know what I mean if you watch Deadwood. <laughs> she plays the cop in this movie. And I like the attitude of this cop. This cop is like a no shit kind of cop. Absolutely no shit. Don't yeah. give me any shit. <laughs> Even the part, and this is a funny moment in the movie. That's not actually that funny, but it is very funny. She's cynical. She's a cop. She's everybody's done something wrong in her eyes. She's kind of looking for what they've done. So she's stood next to the doctor, and the kid's in a coma, and she's just picking the kid's arm up and dropping it down. <laughs> yeah, like like just don't. Like, I'm not don't, convinced don't, he's in a coma. Yeah, is he in a coma? <laughs> I don't. You know, and he's like, you don't do that. And she's like. <laughs> a look on her face is like is, is it, he doesn't know I'm doing it whatever you know but she's uh, funny she's really funny and she's you, you determined to get to the bottom of this um, secondly Aaron Paul you'll know from Breaking Bad he played Jesse plays Peter what did you think of Aaron Paul? much better than I've seen him before I was I was more impressed for sure yeah it's a smaller role in this movie I mean he's not a yes he's the kid's father you know acting father but um 
he's not in a ton of scenes, to be honest. But I bought him like as somebody who really cares for this kid. He's not really his father, but he might as well be, right? Correct. He's the, he cares about him the most out of anybody in the world, it seemed to me. And you really, you know, felt that. There are also some, uh, like, imaginary moments in this movie, which are cool, where Aaron Paul plays a creature of sorts, um, which is also good, good as. Sarah Gadon plays Natalie. What did you think of her? Now, she's the main. She did a good job of being that person. I mean, I hate that character, the woman, the mother, but she did a good job of it, for sure. She's, she's kind of like Betty Draper from Mad Men, the, <clears throat> the way she is, like the fashion and the... Kind she doesn't of, act like her. No, but there's something very old school about the character. And obviously overly pretty. Yeah, she's trying to be perfect. And trying to be perfect, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, she's the bad guy of this movie. And it's a fine line between her being, a, between the way she, if she played it differently, between you liking her, which you, I don't think you're ever supposed to. <laughs> supposed to feel some sympathy for her. Because when you don't know the twist, and her son is in a coma, and she's just going through shit. But she plays it good. She, she fine lines yeah. it. Yeah. Jamie Dornan <coughs> plays Alan Pascal. I have to say about Jamie Dornan, I think he was really boring in this movie. He was a little boring. Yeah. But... He's ex... Right, we know him from The Fall, mate. We've watched The Fall. It's a British TV show with Gillian Anderson. I have to say, he is fantastic in The Fall. The character he plays in there, the Paul Spector character, is a serial killer. And he's a family man. And he's very low, one-note kind of guy. And that's what he is. Like, he plays this... He's got this always level personality. In this, he's exactly like that. Again. I mean, it could be Paul Spector <laughs> to me. No, I didn't mind him. I, I find him... I didn't find him the same at all. His performance is boring in this. I don't think his performance is boring. I think his character is, and that worked for me. Mm, it didn't for me. Because there's this guy. He's obviously totally into his career. His wife is sick of him being absent all the time. And I feel like that would be a boring guy. He's just obsessed with what he's doing. And he's a bit of a sucker for this pretty woman that comes along. I thought he was fine. I mean, I liked that character. Again, I I didn't mind the character or the performance. So I was fine with it. Even at the beginning when he was doing the TED Talk, I was like, wow, he's quite boring to listen to. I'm, I'm, you know, he's he's not got much dynamic to him, and he doesn't. I, there's nothing I've seen him in that he ever does. He, he is he's fairly one note as an actor, I think. <laughs> Even in Fifty Shades of Grey, which I haven't seen, but I've seen enough of the clips of it. <laughs> he pretty much is Paul Spector. I don't know if that's fair. You know what Until I'm saying? Until you see it, I don't think that's fair. Well, I've seen enough of enough <laughs> clips from Fifty Shades of Grey to see how he portrays that guy. And it, it's literally like that serial killer guy. But, but that guy might be that guy, so that's fair. Well, Fifty you Shades of Grey is not like a killer guy. I know, but that guy may be that temperament, so you can't judge until you see the movie. It's not fair. Well, then I would have to blame um, people who cast him, putting him in the same kind of roles. I know this guy's not a serial killer, and that guy is, but he, he could be. <laughs> <laughs> for the way he plays it. No, but I don't have a problem with it. So it's it's your I, personal he, preference that I like make him, it but bad. I don't like him in this movie. Right, I thought he was just right. Right. So I you're saying that they're casting him wrong and everything, it's all from your... I disagree. Right. 
Well, it's personal. Everything's personal. I understand. In, in I'm just saying that just because you don't like him and it doesn't. When I said that. at the beginning, I think he was really boring, and you said I thought he was too a bit. His character. Oh, I wasn't talking about his character. Yeah, I'm talking about his character, and that fits perfect because he's the kind of guy who's just he's lost in his career. He studies like neurological problems, and he wrote a book called Coma. He's like he's in a coma himself, and so he meets this woman who kind of wakes him up a little bit, coaxes him out. And I think that all fit. Now, the highlights of this movie are the <laughs> final two people who I mentioned here. Aidan Longworth plays Louis Strax, and Oliver Platt plays Dr. Perez. The child actor is amazing. Amazing. And Oliver Platt is amazing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fan of Oliver Platt. You don't see him enough. I said that to you. I don't feel like we see him enough these days. But you said he probably makes a lot of movies. Oh, he could make a lot of movies yeah. that we don't see, but... I don't feel like I see him enough. I do think he's a really good. Like he in this movie, he's a psychiatrist to the child, and the sessions. I wanted more of them. I was like, wow, they, these are really like interesting and fun. Like sometimes when the kid says something to him, it takes him off guard, and you can see all that. And he's like, I don't like inside. He's like, I don't really know how to respond to a child saying that to me, but I will. Like, and then he says something, and then the kids will say something like. Like, he, for instance, he asked the kid in the psychiatry session, if you could pick anybody to be your father, who would you pick? And the kid looks and thinks a little bit, and he goes, you. And then you see this whole expression in Oliver Platt, like he, like he, he, he takes it, like, oh, oh. And then the kid goes, only joking. Yeah. <laughs> But he actually was moved by it for a second, <laughs> thinking, oh, really, we've we've got a bond together like that. But, <laughs> but they both were really good, I thought. And it, kid actors are often, sometimes they go over the top. He was really good. Sometimes they're a bit too actorly. Like, but this kid, he had to be really funny, and he also had to do some serious stuff. He was really good, yeah. Um, this is directed by Alexandra Ager. He directed a High Tension. Did you ever see that movie? Like a really gory horror movie? No. Good. Really, really good. <clears throat> he directed the remake of The Hills of Eyes, which he did see, which was excellent. So he comes from a horror background. He also uh, directed Horns with Harry Potter. <clears throat> that was his last movie. And I read the book of that, but never saw the movie. But um, So he has a horror background, and this is not a horror movie at all. But... He does a really good job with it. I mean, he's got a really interesting visual thing going on. And this movie is a lot of dream state-like. Obviously, it deals with a coma. There's even some special effects in this movie. There's a you know a character in this movie that's a CG character. Uh, but I like how he did it. There's no spinning around or weird shit. No. <laughs> it just looks good, you know. And uh, it's directed well because... And the story's good because I you never lose. It's not one of those stories that goes over starts to get messy, right? You like stories. Some stories try to be to be a bit too clever, <coughs> yeah, and then it's when you've actually line, yeah. yeah, when you've actually finished watching it, you're like, I don't understand like about twenty five percent of that. I don't get where that was going. This is not like that. It's all pretty much, you know, compartmentalized. I would say like. You know exactly what is going on. And I, I don't think anybody would be confused by this, would they? Well, maybe somebody. It sounded like you read somebody's description. They're in, in, 
like a mental like about it. It's like they saw a different movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, extras on this Blu-ray. There's just one. It's really awful. It's just one of those like, <laughs> hey, you know when you uh, ha- have HBO and then you're watching in between the movies that are on and it's telling you what's coming next month and there's a bit of a like interview with the actors and, oh, this is really exciting. Here's some clips from the movie. It's one of those. It lasts two, three minutes and that is literally it. That's all that's on this Blu-ray. So don't buy this Blu-ray for the extras. <laughs> But if you are into the um, movie, and I recommend watching this movie, it's a good movie. I, th- I reckon this probably fly under a lot of people's radars because I it wasn't promoted that well in cinemas. And give it a look because it is thought provoking and interesting and a real thing actually. Not like it's not a crazy out of this world thing. It could all be real, like <laughs> you know, which I like about it. Uh, what about you? I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody because it's it's not a quick it's not a quick fix kind of movie. You know, it's not like it's like you said, it makes you think. Yeah, it's a thoughtful. So it's very few mystery. people, in fact, I think, would enjoy it. Very few people that I know would oh, enjoy it. I thought yeah. you meant just in general. No, few people that I would know would most people would find it boring. Would they not like a story like that though? It's an interesting. Not really. Story. Not the way it does its thing, you know? <clears throat> I would say people who like uh, my recommendations would probably like this. Because it is... It's drama. It's uh, it's a little bit pulpy novelly, You know? Not like... You know, like the girl on the train. <laughs> like, kind of lo- lower common denominator story, really. I mean, it's not like super like intellectual or anything. It's more thoughtful, you know? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I recommend it. You recommend it. Kind of. So thanks to uh, Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. What? You're shaking your leg. <laughs> it's shaking this whole thing. <laughs> thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. And, um, yeah, you can uh, get this on Tuesday. Uh, it's also on the streaming services. So uh, if you want to enter a contest, we have a new one this week. You can win one of my favorite TV shows from Dust Till Dawn. <clears throat> I have a season three Blu-ray to give away. So uh, come to aschoolie.com this week and you can try your hand at winning it. Next week's Blu-ray review, because we're right up into Oscar season now, about three more weeks to the Oscars, is uh, Best Picture nominee, Arrival. So we'll be looking at that next week. Arrival. Uh, with Amy Adams and uh, Hawkeye from uh, The Avengers. <laughs> Movie recommendations. I am going with the... The Ninth Life of Louis Strax, uh, based on movies that I like that I like that one. I'm going with The Life of Pi from uh, Ang Lee. Another inside, kind of a boy's psyche kind of thing, but with a dreamlike feel to it. And The Butterfly and the Diving Bell, which is a movie from probably 12 years ago. It's pretty old. It's also from Miramax, which this film is, which was funny because... When the Ninth Life of Louis Strack started and the Miramax logo came up. I can't remember the last time I saw it. The Miramax logo. Maybe the Hateful Eight. But um, you don't see it very often. It feels like a throwback like to the 90s. <laughs> but uh, Butterfly and the Diving Bells, this awesome film about a guy who's in a coma. Um, and It's also a thinker. 
It's not like we're everybody. It's also got kind of a twist to it that you should... I shouldn't be telling you. You should just go and watch <laughs> it. So uh, those are mine. Life of Pi and the di- Butterfly and, di- mine are going, and the Butterfly. Mine are going back to 1987, 30 years ago. And released in that year were the classics. <laughs> Burglar with Whoopi Goldberg. Not a classic. And Blind Date. I have never heard of Burglar. I believe Blind Date is uh Hudson Hawk guy. I've never heard Armageddon. of that either. Why, why are these recommended? Because they were on uh, the movies I've seen oh, okay. that were released in 1987. And you'd recommend them? Or are they shite? I'm recommending them if you want to go back to 1987 and watch all the movies that I've seen from that year. <laughs> I believe Blind Date is Armageddon, Bruce Willis, and um, Kim, Alec Baldwin's old wife, Bassinger. ex-wife. Yeah, I believe that's it. We did watch a movie from 1993 this week. Um, yes. On the 2nd because of February. on the 2nd of February, it's Groundhog Day. Also our wedding anniversary. Also. We've been married 17 years this year. Congratulations. And we do we do try and watch Groundhog Day on our anniversary, and we did this year. And um, It's so good. I could watch it again now. If it was Groundhog Day and that movie was on every day in that Groundhog Day, that would be fine. That would be the part of the day you look forward to. Like, oh, yeah. finally, I get to watch that movie. Yeah, again. it is an awesome movie. It is, it is so well constructed. To us, it is. Not everybody yeah. loves it. Some I think people find it very, really it's stupid. It's very funny, very poignant, and just fun. Like a fun movie. It's almost like they don't make a movie like that now. That's true. Um, so yeah, Groundhog Day. I'd definitely recommend that one. I'd also recommend being married for 17 years. <laughs> to me? Or <laughs> yeah. to anybody? Well, not to you, because I'm married to you. So, <laughs> Just find somebody else and get married to them. <laughs> Just anybody. And then stay married for 17 years. But only for 17 years. And see how good it is. <laughs> oh, are we done? <laughs> no, we're not. I'm just saying, recommend, I recommend 17 years. 17 years sounds like such a long time. It does. When I was 17 years old. I was looking forward to, like, I was at the end of, like, a whole I wasn't career to you when of you were being 17. a kid. Right? It's time to graduate and get out into the world. I still hadn't hit 18 yet. And I was ready to go out. Go to college. So 17 years of being married, it's like it's just a slice out of your life. 17 years gone. (laughs) Well, that's that's an optimistic way of looking at it. All right, so games and A-Scully stuff this week. I've only played one game this week, and uh, that game is Resident Evil 7. And uh, I finished finished it this week also. Um, Let me say... (laughs) <laughs> I've been a fan of Resident Evil since the beginning. I bought the original on my PlayStation the day it came out. Original PlayStation. I remember, like all the other people who played Resident Evil, walking down that hallway at the beginning. We never played anything like this before. Walking down the hallway. Oh, what's what's down this hallway? And then the dogs jump through the window and you shit yourself and you're like, Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, I've only got four bullets in my gun. Oh, no, no, I'm going to die. I remember that feeling very well. Played Resident Evil 2. I didn't like it as much as the first one. I did like it, though. Third one, yeah. Fourth one was a return to form. But you know what? I never finished it. I couldn't ever finish it. Like, I don't know what it was. I, I played the beginning of it, like, many times, but never actually continued with it. The fifth one I finished twice. Most people think the fifth one's the worst one. Um, the only reason I finished it twice is I played it co-op with a friend, and it was... An easy game for two people to play and just go through it. The sixth one I've tried to play maybe 50 times and never got further than an hour into it. It's so bad. I can't even deal with it. So the seventh Resident Evil, 
you know, it's had a mixed kind of thing over the years, Resident Evil. You know, it's never been the... It's, it was the best, and then it fell from grace, and then it got better, and then it got worse again. So I didn't know what to think of 7. And 7, the big deal is they changed it to first-person view. It's the best thing they ever did. They all should be per- first-person view from now on. I don't need to see who I'm playing. I want the horror to be what I'm experiencing. Like I feel like I'm that character, which is how it should be, I think, for horror. It's actually hor- horrifying. This <laughs> game you've seen, you've seen it. It's horrifying. It's well. It looks I've good. Seen you be scared because of it. Yeah, jump. Um, it looks really good. It's creepy as shit. The house is designed just to be creepy. The story. Last week, where I was up to last week, um, all I knew was there were some freaky people in a house, and you were you were walking around. I don't want to spoil it, but I would say now after finishing it. It didn't feel much like a Resident Evil game those first few hours. It felt like something completely different. But by the time you get to the end, it is absolutely a Resident Evil game. Resident Evil story and lore and characters you know and love do creep into this story. If you read all the documents and look at all the clues in the rooms and stuff, you will realise that this is going on in the same world of Resident Evil that you know and love Umbrella Corporation, all that kind of stuff it's a really I think it is the best Resident Evil out of all of them even that first one whatever they whatever they did this time and it, you can tell there was a lot of attention to detail they didn't make it too long and drawn out it's just the right length, it's about I think it was 10 hours I, I took to finish it 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 never outstays its welcome. Like you don't get to a part and it's like super hard and you get stuck in it and you keep trying trying. You and it always changes. They move the locations to different places. You know, it's not always in that house. So um, I would give it, it. It's like a ten out of ten game for me. I absolutely enjoyed it. If that's the first game I played this year, it's gonna be a good game. Good maybe well, maybe all the rest of the games this year are gonna be shit, but. <laughs> that was a good. It's a ten out of ten Resident Evil for me. I absolutely, I thought it was fantastic. So if you haven't played it, play it. Um, if you like horror games, I mean, play it in the dark. Put your headphones on. You, I guarantee you, you will absolutely jump out of your skin many times. It is really scary. So that's Resident Evil Seven. Um, the best thing about it is right at the very end when the credits end. Um, it tells you, a screen pops up and says, <clears throat> in spring 2017, if you bought the game, you get a free DLC story that's five to seven hours that tells the story, tells a new story about Chris Redfield, a character that you know from Resident Evil. A brand new story, and it's absolutely free. It's not like a $10 DLC. It's just a part of the game. So something to look forward to if you bought it, you're going to actually get a brand new story in uh, it says spring 2017, which isn't far away, is it? So no. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you buy it now, you get to play this cool story, and then you get to play another cool story a little bit later on for free. So yeah, that's Resident Evil Seven. Highly recommended. I guarantee you that'll be on my list of games for this year of best games. Even if there's 50 more awesome games, it's Resident Evil's return to form, and uh, hopefully number eight takes it in this similar direction. Don't go back to third person view. So, Stanguli, what is it? 
Figgily is a horror host who hosts a two-hour show in which he plays an old horror flick of t- of sorts or science fiction. And this, where can you watch it? Right here in this living room, <laughs> and on MeTV. And that should be on cable. In America. Yeah, I don't know where. Well, we get it on a I don't know antenna. If, we I, don't have cable, so I don't know if you can see it outside of America. It's not online. You can't watch it online. No, it's weird. Um, <laughs> and this week is he's going to have a four. Four weeks in a row, right? We're doing Godzilla, and this one is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And they've never shown this one, so well, they've never shown these ones. They're new, a new licensing thing they got. Cool, so, yeah. And, and I like Godzilla. He I makes, love Godzilla movies. He tells bad jokes and he dresses up, and it's just goofy and it's fun. I've always liked Godzilla movies because they're so cheesy, really bad. But I like the concept of Godzilla, and you know, a lot of them are Japanese movies, actually, dubbed over into English. But I've always liked them. They're just really fun. So what is for dinner before we leave here? Oh, we're having Jimmy John's. There's no way I'm cooking. Jimmy John's is a sandwich shop. I'm not even going to get out of the car. Let's discuss uh, just quickly about some other meals we had this week. Yeah. Not not that we need to promote this company or anything. Because they're nothing to do with us. We just tried them. Called Home Chef. Tell them hi. Because you do some surveys online. And sometimes they say we'll do the survey and you get to try it. And then tell us what you think. And so Home Chef sent us two separate meals. Each meal is enough to prepare for two people. And I was skeptical, and I thought, there can't be enough in there. It's totally enough. But it's expensive, so we won't be subscribing, unfortunately, because it's too expensive. I don't spend that much per meal if I'm cooking. If you spend $10 a person on every meal, it's kind of... Per person, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is it $20 per meal? Yeah, $20 for each bag. That's right, and it's $40 a week. And you only it's fifty dollars a week because it's ten dollars shipping. shipping. So you only it's get it's really expensive. You get a meal for two people, two times a week for fifty dollars, and that's it. Now, those well, two have meals a... happen to be good. We're vegetarian, so it's less choices. But we had pasta pet puttanesca, which was really fun to make, and I didn't think you'd like it because it has like capers I and olives, like and it was really good. It had plenty of pasta. It was like a whole plateful per person. And bread. And a, a little loaf of bread that was just fine. I mean, I'm a big fan of I thought of bread, the bread was fantastic, personally. It tasted fantastic, yeah. yeah. Amount-wise, of course, I'm no. just going to want more. But that was really good. And then the uh, mushroom risotto, I was also very skeptical about thinking, how am I going to get... And it has really it good so instructions. Good. It has, like, a printed-out sheet. They send you a three-ring binder, and each recipe goes in it. Did you say they send you all the fresh ingredients? Nothing is prepared. So they send you a little bag of tomatoes and a little can of capers or a little container. Yeah, it's all fresh. It's not like yeah, a, a, a little a whole shallot that you just have to cut up yourself. Yeah. And uh, the fresh herbs are all in little plastic containers where you have to pull the leaves off and chop them up yourself. Um, so you have to cook it all. There's nothing prepared. So for $50 for two meals and you have to prepare it. <sighs> I don't know. It just seems pretty steep. Well, like the Home Chef thing, the, they their whole thing, I was looking on their site, is they want you to have fun preparing meals and not have to wonder what do I but buy. But I'll tell you what, right now, I could go in there and make risotto. Yeah. And I could go in there and make puttanesca. I have to say, they, they, uh, I liked both of them. Yeah. Um, They were very tasty. That was what I Very found. good. Very like, flavorful. Like the mushroom risotto was three different types of mushrooms. And... um. High quality ingredients, I think. It just all tasted. It tasted like restaurant food, right? Like yep. when you go, when you go out for a meal and you get like a really interesting tasting thing. That's what it tasted like. The, the capers and the what was in there? Olives mm-hmm. and cherry tomato, like little tomatoes. Yeah. 
It's just all good. It and, was fun to make. And the portion sizes are easily enough for two people. I was full after both yeah, things. Yeah, I was surprised, though. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, we have no affiliation with that. <laughs> we just tried it, and uh, it's... If you... I think it's I think it's a high price for anybody. Um, it really is. $50 a week. It covers two meals. like So, yeah, you don't have to worry about meals for two days, but you could probably buy the whole week's for $50. So, only if you like really gourmet food at home. You can make the things on their... Ca- you know what? The recipe cards that they have, if you sign up for an account with them, you can download all their all their cards. You can download all the Without cards. even being a member? Yeah. <laughs> so you could download the cards, buy the stuff. You're just not like getting the don't stuff. Know, yeah. I don't know if it's cheaper to do it that way. I don't know. Because they do put some high quality ingredients in there. That, if you went to buy the olives, they just have enough olives in a thing, you'd have to go and buy a whole thing of olives, right? Or a whole thing of capers. Correct. So, they give you just enough. Yeah, so it might... Yeah, there's all that guesswork. You don't have to weigh or measure anything. It's all done, like. So um, that's that. And finally, your advice before we go. My advice is uh, look at things from many angles. Now, I'm thinking... Lately, I'm trying to watch some more drawing tutorials and things. I haven't drawn much over the last... Like, really drawn... Like, I've never been much of a figure drawer, facial drawer... I draw other things, but I figure it's time. I need to just get over that fear and just do it. So I'm watching lots of tutorials. And of course, you can learn the fundamental techniques of like the structure of the body and the shape of the face and how everybody's very basically the same. And then you you refine the features and whatnot. But you have to look at everything from every angle. You can't just always draw a person from straight on. What I want to do is learn how to do, well, teach myself how to do caricatures. So I can try to raise some money for my mom's little thing. And you can't just look straight at a person and then draw that, like, it's boring, first of all. And it doesn't teach you any variety. Like, you're trapped in this one angle thing. So when you're talking about art, if I understand your head all the way around and the shapes and the planes and all that, then even drawing you straight on or from the side or three-quarter view, even though... I'm not drawing the back of your head or from the, looking down up from the floor or down from the ceiling because I understand you from every angle. It it just makes it better, right? So in life, if someone throws an issue at you and you only look at it from one angle, which is your own biased point of view, then you're never ever going to understand it. You may always come back to your own opinion, but if you take a look around everything and try to grasp it from someone else's point of view, even a little bit, I don't think it makes you a better person, first of all, and it just gives you a different perspective. You may not change your mind, but it may soften you a bit to, you know, if you and I don't agree on a political thing or a religious thing, if you see that as just a one straight-on angle, oh, well, you don't believe in any gods, therefore you, I, I don't want you in my life. That's just looking at it from one angle. But if you look at all of our life experiences leading up to that conclusion and those decisions and the way you see things, and then you may still not be a fan of that point of view, but you might be willing to then discuss it and understand it a little bit better and get over it and then open yourself up to somebody from other points of, you know, from um, other parts of who they are instead of that one thing. So just look at things from all the angles. All right. And look at our websites from any angle you want. 
Look at it from leaning back on the couch or look at it from right up in the in your face. HeyScully.com, SidSaw.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Music Experience, whatever it's called, the RSS feed, HeyScully.com slash podcast. Listen to it on the page or just download it from there. Email HeyScully at HeyScully.com. Don't email SidTalk. And finally... um. Stay classy, uh, Mr. Aaron Paul. He's in it. We saw some trailers at the beginning of this movie, and he was in, what, two more movies there? I'm interested to see some more from him, because I think he's getting better. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, and if you don't do it, someone will do it for you.